Good day. Good day. This, my name is Deacon Tom Burke, and we're here at St. Joseph's Evangelization Network. And today we're, we have a special guest with us, and it's part of our ongoing series of If the Stones Would Cry Out. And that's really what we talk about all the time, don't we, when we're out in public and we're saying, how can we spread the gospel more? Well, Jesus said it. When he was coming into Jerusalem, they said, the Pharisees said to him when they heard the disciples laying down the palms and saying, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the Pharisees turned to Jesus and said, tell them to be quiet, tell them to stop. And he said, if I tell them to stop, the stones will cry out. So we each have our own personal parable. Our parable is to spread that gospel. Our parable is to do what Peter said in 3, 1 Peter 3.15 where he said, always be ready to give an explanation for your hope. Well, our hope is in Jesus Christ. And Jeff got a hold of me. I'm here with Jeff Bush. Jeff is a, a, a dear friend of mine, and we've known each other for about three or four years. And uh, uh, I mentioned something to him about him about this, and he goes, oh, um, I, I need to say something, <laughs> or the stones will cry out. So, Jeff, I was hoping maybe we'd spend just a minute uh, so people kind of know you a little more. Uh, my endorsement of you may not go far enough. <laughs> so maybe maybe you could give us a little idea about about who you are, kind of demographics, and then and then we'll get into what I'm excited about hearing about. Sure. Well, Deacon, thank you first and foremost for inviting me to come on and and talk about Jesus. I think uh, that's certainly something that I've I've fallen in love with doing over the past few years. So just a, a brief introduction uh, of myself. Um, I'm a Catholic convert recently, uh, four years ago. Um, I spent my, my last few years um, really learning how to try to reorganize my life and live a life that is um, really what Christ has called me forward to do. And uh, just a little bit about my, my family. I'm, I'm a husband. Uh, I'm a father of two beautiful young girls, a sophomore in high school, uh, as well as a sixth grader. Um, and they've been an instrumental part of, of my journey and, and really of my Christian life. Um, and we, we live our life every single day for the Lord together. And it's really just brought incredible joy, uh, not only to my life, but I, but I see it through my kids and I see it through my wife. Um, and I think that's what we're here to talk a little bit about today. Well, I love it that you said that you like to bring the, the Lord into your life and the Lord into your family. So let's bring the Lord into our presence here. Maybe we can come into the presence of the Lord. We always are in His mm -hmm. presence. But maybe we'll perceive it a little more, and the people with us may perceive it a little more. So let us begin as we should everything in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, help us feel your presence here. Give us the words that we might speak that are yours, that come from the mouth of Jesus. Give us the courage that we need in order to speak as though the stones would cry out. 
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, you know, we, we talked and I said, uh, what, what, what's this about? And maybe you can kind of just lead us into maybe a little something that got to the spot where, where Jesus says, you got to say this. Oh, goodness. Well, you know, how much time do we have, Deacon, first and foremost? Well, we have, so. <laughs> we, we, we have the time we need, but I, I, although it's, it's a little longer than going up a 16-story <laughs> building, elevator by sure, elevator. We're, sure, we're by that. Well, I, you know, I think um, when I reflect back on it, uh, the presence of the Lord in my life, it really does make me look back um, over a number of years. And I, as I mentioned in kind of the introduction, you know, I've gone through a conversion in my life, and a significant part of that conversion has just been the fact that the Lord has called me to follow in His footsteps and to live a life that is Christ-like, which is very different than the life I was living before, which was mainly driven um, as more of trying to accomplish and succeed based on what society calls a successful life. Well, we know what that's like, right? We yeah. know what the secular society says. Gain, capture, hold, don't let go. Clutch this. The, the, the cap, I always have a vision of the capsized boat, and everybody's trying to hold on to that boat as tight as we can. When, when if we just let go of one side, it would flip back over and we'd be able to rest with Jesus. Let's, let's kind of, I know about your conversion story, and I think yeah. it's wonderful how the Blessed Mary... Mary entered into your life at, at, at a certain time when you were, you were seeking. And, of course, that's what Jesus says, seek, and you will find. But then you, you, you started on this path with your wife. What's your wife's name again? My wife's name is Krista. Krista. And so Krista and your daughters were on this path with you. Is that kind of where we're going with this? We, we are indeed, and just a little bit more context. So Krista was my sponsor through RCIA. Oh, beautiful. Which was... It's one of those things that, you know, I, I, I pray that everybody could go through a bit of a conversion with their spouse because the way the Lord works um, when he is centered not only in your life individually, but in, your, in the center of your marriage, it's this whole other level of love that, uh, that we could do an entire new show. Well, I know we've talked topic. a little bit about that. Yeah. Where you said, you said I, I, I love my wife in, with my total ability before my conversion but my ability to love my wife changed with my conversion. Well, and to be very specific and why I bring up that it's important that she walked with me as my sponsor through RCIA is after I became a Catholic, we really began to live our life differently on a day in and day out I basis. I remember you were, you were on fire. You were, you, were, you were drinking of the living water Jesus I, talks I, about. I was, and it was, um, it was quite an incredible um, honeymoon actually, if I can use that word, uh, because I started walking down this path. We were going to daily Mass. We were just doing some things that were, that were different than how I had been living my life prior to converting. Well, we got on this journey, and it was really solidifying our, our love and our joy and our family in this new, uh, more Christ-like way. How did your daughters react to it? How, your two beautiful daughters, I've met them. How did they react to, to dad, the change in dad? Did they, did they recognize it right away? They recognized it right away. Oh, uh, I've, I've got a smile on my face that's uh, about as big as it can get. And uh, it, it really brings warmth and um, 
just joy. I, I say joy a lot. You know me. I, I bring that word up quite often. Uh, but I think, you know, when you begin to live your life with Christ as, as the, the sheer focal point of being, uh, joy takes on a completely different meaning. But, but Deacon, if I can answer your question very specifically. So Krista and I began living our lives differently with Christ-centered in every moment. Um, we began to remove some of the things that perhaps were less Christ-like before in our lives, some social events or um, extracurricular activities that just could be removed, that seemed to be um, distracting. Well, I'm really interested in that uh, because, because I think there's, some, there's something to be gained here. Uh, was that uh, when you started removing some of these distractions, was it because you read something and there was a list of things you shouldn't do, or you know, how how did you how did that come about in, in your thinking and in your heart? Well, I, I think we really began to examine our conscience on a daily basis, um, and and that was really a, a leading. Uh, it was a, it was a guide for us, but Deacon, you know, I I, I had a moment where uh, while we were living. In, in a new way, when we were journeying down the path, you know, following Christ's footsteps and in every moment, or at least trying to in every moment of our lives. But I came to, to a point where I, where I strayed from the path. Um, and the devil got a hold of me in, in an instant, in an instance, and uh, I fell. I, I, I fell. Um, and it wasn't anything overly catastrophic or anything like that, but it broke this sort of bond, this new journey bond that I had with my wife. And, and I say often that um, the old me is dead. Um, and that takes something to describe, but in this particular moment, I fell back into the old me. So there was a little bit of a trap door there. There was a trap door. Um, and I feel like I got shot with one of the devil's arrows for a moment. <laughs> Prior to that, did you feel like um, that that former life, maybe just the former distracted life, the former life that was not as fully with your wife that, that, that you had, that you thought was just okay? I mean, we get into these patterns, right? Yeah. Did, did you think that that would never come back? Did you think that I'll never go that way again? You know what? I sure never wanted to, you know, it, but, but I don't, um, when, I, when we were walking down the new path, the new journey together, I thought we were good to go. Yeah. You know, I, I was, I had really begun to surrender so much of, of my heart and my life and my day-to-day -to, -day to the Lord that we did it. Well, you talked a little bit about the, the, the joy of your conversion. What was going on as you surrendered this or I, or I spent and, and when you say surrender this and I chose other things can you give me some examples of, of say you know I didn't do this anymore not because it was necessarily bad but I had a better choice over here can you give me some examples of that sure I think a, 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 a really easy example is just my my wife and I have have really blessed been blessed with the careers that we have they're they're wonderfully providing jobs and careers but we're we're busy people um, and it would require a lot of time away from home to be very successful in these occupations. So some of the things we began to give up, give up was we didn't need to go to a dinner 
with prospects or clients or employees every single night. That was taking time away from uh, us working on our lives and our marriage and being present with our children and things like that. Now, there's exceptions to that rule, right? We all have to provide and we all have to work and do those types of things, but the excess, it was knowing the difference between um, do I need to be here? How do we prioritize? There were other social events then um, where we didn't need to go out to dinner with um, friends and stay out till midnight or 1 a.m. while our kids were just at home every Friday or Saturday or Thursday with a babysitter. Um, and then perhaps being a little foggier of the mind on a morning when I'm home with my children after some of those nights or two. So getting rid of those things um, really began to um, uh, clear up for us. So, so when you were talking about those things, which none of them seem, sound pretty bad, uh, they're not sins. They're not, uh, you're not sinning against your marriage or against your children, or you're not turning to God and saying, no, God, <laughs> not you today. I'm going to do something else. It sounds like it just became a pattern of life. It became a pattern of life. It was, you know, there's a lot of songs written about going through the motions. And the motions alone, which weren't, um, you know, overly sinful or anything of that matter, but it filled up our life um, and didn't really leave room for us to live um, really for the Lord. We just, we were going through the motions for society. But uh, the other thing I was curious about, and we, and we know this, some of the saints had some very dramatic, uh, very um, uh, deep traumas or, or difficult things happen that causes them to come to a conversion. But for most of it, it's not that way. How, how was it for you, just so I can get a context of, of you weren't, you, Jesus didn't force you to your knees. Jesus didn't force me to my knees, but I fell in a moment where I strayed from the path and went back into my old ways where uh, I put myself and I put fun. Uh, I put, um, I'm, a, I'm a golfer, so I used to spend a lot of time on the golf course because that's what I needed to do for fun and to relax because I need to relieve the stress from my busy week. Well, golf takes up a lot of time, so I would spend time on the golf course and not necessarily with my family. Well, in this particular case, I put myself ahead of my family again, and I made some choices to just uh, sort of shun my family in a moment. How did, it, how did that come about? Can you give me a context so, so I can put myself into that situation because I'm confident I've been in that situation? <laughs> I think a lot of us fall into a similar situation, but... Um, you know, I had converted. We had been living this this uh, this life that was different and that was bringing us joy. My wife and my two young children ended up going out of town to go on a soccer trip. I stayed home with. Uh, we had two young puppies at the time, so somebody needed to stay home and take care of the pups, um, which I was happy to do. But in that time, uh, it left me with a lot of quiet time. It left me with all of a sudden a weekend free to myself, and. I ended up kind of going down a path. I used to go down every weekend, quite frankly. Uh, we live on a golf course. Uh, I ended up going out and playing golf with my friends. And I, I went up early on a Saturday morning. And I, you know, when my wife and, and kids said, come home, uh, 
we had started this tradition called. So you, you went out to play golf early on a Saturday. They were at home. They were out of town. Correct. Okay. 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 So I ended up uh, playing a couple rounds of golf and then hanging out in the grill. And then the grill went to the bar. And the next thing you know, it's one in the morning. And um, you know, golfers in the bar at one a.m. say, "Hey, you know what's a great idea? Let's do this again tomorrow at seven a.m." So we ended up doing the same thing. Which I wish I didn't know what you're talking about. I really, I really wish I didn't know what you're talking about. So I ended up missing mass for the first time. And then I ended up playing golf with my friends. And I was out. And we had started this tradition of Sunday night family dinner. Well, my wife and my kids were excited to come home for family dinner. And when they came back into town... Uh, yeah, I had other things going on. I was with the guys, and uh, I had had too many adult soda pops during the day. And I told them to go home, and I'd be home in a little while. Well, I didn't come home until about 11 p.m. Uh, and that's really kind of where the next sort of revelation kind of began for me. Um, I, of course, didn't understand why my wife was upset with me in that moment. Um, so, so just so I can understand, yeah. the, that Jeff Bush I'm hearing about that was that two days, you know, we go on a retreat to get closer to God. You retreated the other direction. I, I did, unfortunately. <laughs> you really retreated. So, so when you went on that negative retreat, sure. that, that uh, was that more like the Jeff of, five or six years ago? It was. Okay. It, it was that guy. You know, work hard during the week, but then come home and then, you know, I deserved a break at that point. And that was my, that was my escape. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, so bring me to that spot. And, and I'm sorry for spending so much time on it, but I really kind of want to know it because I, 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 I really think I need to feel that again. When you're in the car like you live on a golf course, but you probably drive back and forth or have a golf cart that you drive back and Correct. forth. When you, when you get in that golf cart, it's 11 o'clock or in the car, and you're going home, what were you telling yourself? You know, I would... <laughs> I'm not sure if I told myself anything at that particular moment, but I was, I was pretty absent-minded. Uh, but my wife had plenty to say when I, when I got home. And I think that's the real moment um, that sort of brought me to my knees was, you know, perhaps she believed that the old me was gone and that this new journey had begun. But I really broke her confidence in that moment. Um, there had been plenty of hiccups along the way, bumps and bruises, and there always will be, right? It's never perfect. But in that moment, um, I really, I really broke a bond. I had, I had put something in between her and I, and I had put something in between her and I and our relationship with the Lord by, by going out and living for me again. So, so what? I, you don't have to say what she said. <laughs> was it, was it what she said? Or what was in her eyes? I knew I had really, um, I could feel it from her heart. Mm. 
I really could. I had, I had broken her heart in a way that, that I don't think I had ever um, come close to before. Yeah, so before, the old Jeff, you might have done that, but you couldn't have broken her heart. It was broken already, perhaps. But, well, no, but you couldn't have broken her heart because she had steeled her heart against that, Jeff. And then when you and her started this path, it had been going on for months and months, actually right. a couple years, a few years. When you were doing that, you said that your relationship with her had gotten so much better. Her, your love had gotten so much deeper. Your hearts had been so much open to each other. So now she allowed herself to have her heart broken. She did. She's something else. <laughs> it's emotional kind of uh, talking about it and hearing it replayed, replayed back, to be honest with you. And I think um, one thing I also noticed, though, was you know, not only did I break her heart in that moment, but it really felt like um, I had broken this new relationship that I had with Jesus as well. Um, and knowing that I had done that, uh, I had really kind of broken my own heart as well. And that, that hurt a lot. Um, it hurt in a way that I had never felt before. Um, Not just disappointment in yourself, but something else, huh? Yeah, like I had broken this new bond that, that I had with Christ. Um, now, praise be to God. I, I knew he wasn't going to shut the door on me and run away. Um, but I knew, I, I knew at that point that I had to change. But when I, you say at that point, excuse me, yeah. before you get into, was that like, uh, when you say at that point, was that like you ruminated over it over a couple of days? Or was like that was when that same night you came home? That was about a half hour after I had been home. Oh, okay. Praise be to God. He didn't, so, he didn't get to ruminate about it. He much. did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some great sarcasm about it. I didn't have a whole lot of time, or he had been preparing me for 40-some-odd years before that. But now was the time. That was the moment. Um, I, really, I really knew it. It, it was kind of a, it, to, to give it a visualization, it was, it was this, feeling of, of this feeling of being on my knees, arms stretched wide, going, Lord, I get it. I get it. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. What do I do? Where do I go? You know, there, there's no, there's no playbook. You know, everyone's unique in their their walk and their journey. Well, it turns out there is kind of a little bit of a playbook, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a playbook, <laughs> which is but, kind but, of a but your personal yeah. playbook is what you're talking yes, about. That the is. one that has your name inscribed yeah. next to Jesus's. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So so you're you're there at at, at, at a loss, but not lost. At a loss, but not lost. And then what? Then what happened? Well, he led me to the playbook, in a way. Um, and I said, "Lord, what do you want me to do?" You know, I, I'm lost. And he said, "I want you to go grab your Bible, and open up to the New Testament and start reading." He pointed me to to Matthew. He called me really to the book of Matthew. When you say he called you. Was this, uh, how did, how did, I'm really curious about it because everybody's different, right? Sure. Some of us, some of us actually do. And in, in, in times of prayer, also in times of desperation, we'll hear a voice. And it may sound like our own, but we know it's not our own, right? Jesus speaks to us with our own, with our own diction. 
But having said that, other people see an image, other people have a feeling. Sometimes, uh, this, is, this is more rare for me, but I'll have a knowing mm -hmm. that I couldn't know otherwise. How was it for you when you said, he, he led me to this? Yeah, so it wasn't audible um, or, or something like that. It was not? It was not. Oh, okay. It was not. It was internal. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I had, I had been spending a lot of time in prayer before, um, so I feel like I had begun to hear the Lord in a different way. Um, in and through prayer, uh, praise be to God for that, you know, but in that particular moment, um, it felt like a form of prayer. Um, and that's just, those types of ideas were never a part of my life before. Hey, Jeff, go open the Bible, go to Matthew, start reading. Okay. It was that, it was that clear. It was that clear. Without being, you know, thunder and lightning, thunder Correct. and bolt. But it was that clear. And so, um, so let me just guess. Yeah. You didn't put that off for a couple of weeks. No. What did you do? No. Well, for one, um, I was emotional, and um, you know, I was I was physically emotional. Um, and I I walked into my office. I picked up my Bible. I walked back into our kitchen. I sat down in the far left chair on the island. I set the Bible down. I shakenly fumbled my way. To Matthew. It's so good you know that Matthew's in the Bible. I knew that Matthew was in the Bible. <laughs> I knew that I knew that Matthew was in the Bible. Um, and I knew it was the first first book of the Old Testament or the New Testament. Okay. I almost okay. fumbled with you. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> but I started reading. I I didn't know what I was going to encounter. You know, and, and I started reading You had you hadn't read through the synoptic gospels or, or Correct. Or John, yeah. Correct. Okay. Now, I was drinking by the Catholic fire hose. So the catechism, like there was all this information flowing through RCIA and afterwards and reading scripture. But, you know, sitting down and actually going through the Bible and reading the Bible, and um, that's also a conversation for a whole nother day, right? But I started reading the Bible, reading Matthew, like I was reading a book. You know, the first few chapters, it just was words on a page and then I got to a point and it started it started to hit me differently and I think the first part of that um, that moment was when I got to the Lord's Prayer in Matthew um, you know when it's thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and that struck me wait a second well, what does that mean what does that really mean so it opened my eyes, my ears, my heart to uh, probably hear the Lord through Scripture for the first time. So uh, that, that really changed your appetite then? It did. It, it got my attention differently. And I, I, reflecting on it now, I know he was speaking to me directly through Scripture. At the moment, I, I wouldn't probably have said that with such great confidence, but I, but I was beginning to hear it for the first time. And, and I kept reading, uh, but I started to slow down. I started to notice that everything I was, was reading was easily reflecting back to my life. 
not my life as a whole or where my life was going, but in that moment, in that very particular moment, I began to read scripture and hear it felt like Jesus was talking to me. One thing, as you're talking about this, I, I, I can't help but uh, uh, think to myself uh, of all the failings that I've done in, in the past <laughs> about reading Scripture. If I just read more, I'd know more. And if I just know more, Jesus would know me more, or I'd know him more, or he'd give me something else. It's almost like I was trying to perform to understand, or if I just understood the Gospels a little more, then maybe I would, I would be closer to Jesus. But you didn't think about any of that stuff. No, none of it. Yeah, yeah, none of it at that's all. That's beautiful stuff. You <laughs> just said, okay, I love it. You just said, okay. It was the first time in my life, Deacon, that I, I, I knew, I knew I couldn't control the outcome of this. The outcome of? Where my life was going. Oh, okay. Because you're still in that moment where I know I'm not lost, but I'm at a loss for knowing what to do. He sent you to the scriptures. He sent you to Matthew. And you're still saying, okay, uh, uh, what, what, what are you telling me in Matthew? Of course, all, uh, th- those <laughs> of us who read Matthew, we know that he starts out with a lot of Do's and don'ts. Uh, do this and don't do that. And right. do this and don't do that. So, so what was that like? You got me to the point. Uh, uh, what was that scripture? Well, he was talking, talking about? about the do's and don'ts, and then I got to Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and and then I continued, I continued to read through the scripture, and it didn't take me but uh, a, a page and a half more <laughs> to get to the point where, you know, some things really started to get my attention um, the doors the door is no longer cracked open it's really it's it's not it's it's a lot more open and I get I'm getting the impression that we're going to see it flung open we're going to see it flung open okay quite a bit tell me about this flinging open yeah uh, perhaps can, can I can I yeah. actually read yeah if, from, if you, from if what, was, what really got my attention passage that Jesus has put on your heart to say the stones will cry out if you don't say it well, I really want to know yeah. <laughs> well, I get to I get to to one uh, one uh, uh, well Matthew seven twelve. This oh, okay. isn't the one that flings my door open. It's okay. it's really the next one. But this one There's got my attention in the, door, in the huh? context. Okay. In the context of this, you know, and this uh, a lot of folks know this as the golden rule, right? And the golden rule, which is uh, you know Matthew seven twelve, do to others what you would do to others, whatever you would have them do to you. And in the context of what I had just uh, done to, to hurt my wife's heart, that stopped me in my tracks. And then I read further, and this is really the one that um, I hold near and dear to my heart, really in every moment of, of life now. And that's uh, Matthew 7, 13, and this, patch, this passage is, is widely known as the narrow gate. And it reads as, as this, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the road broad that leads to destruction. And those who enter through it are many. How narrow the gate and constricted the road that leads to life. Oh boy, that's even emotional thinking about that right now. And those who find it are few. So, so some people read that. Some people read that, and it, and it, and it 
is challenging, but but also scares them. I, it's not, I, I can I can think of that only in, in, in the context of of wow, you know, Saints went through the narrow gate. Uh, Saint Bonaventure went through the narrow, narrow gate. Saint, you know, Saint Teresa Lisieux went through the narrow gate. Saint Teresa Avila went, went through the narrow gate. And we can name other ones sure. that said that. Uh, uh, certainly, I've just commented on a couple of Carmelites who who were who were sequestered. Right. Right. <laughs> Their idea of communicating was sending letters to each other. Uh, uh, that's not the world, right? We're we're immersed in the world. So, 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 so I th I. I really think, maybe I'm just talking about myself, uh, that when I read that passage, I think, well, that's a good thing. I'm not so sure I can do that. I'm too fat to get through this narrow gate. I got too many barnacles on the hull of my ship. Um, what was that like for you? Um, in the context of what was going on, I knew that I was living a life that was... Um, more lent towards, you know, um, the wide path, you know, the path that would lead to destruction. Um, I don't know, Deacon, you know, we'll let the Lord figure out at the end whether or not, you know, I walked through the narrow gate. I knew in that moment, though, that I needed to really try. Before this, when you, when you say that wide path, you, I mean, even what you're talking about, you, you, you had, you had uh, uh, acted against the spirit of your of your marriage in, in, in what some people might think is a rather minor way, uh, compared to some other things that that men sometimes do. But you had, uh, but but I thought it was so poignant that you said, you know, I had hurt her heart. Yeah. You know, the most precious thing that you had at that time in your life. So so, but before you were. You were just doing your thing. You were, you were. Oh yeah. You're a, you're a hard-working, hard-punching, you know, driving <laughs> foot to the foot to, down to the metal, you know, not the brake. We're talking the accelerator. Going I didn't have in your a brake. And you never break. <laughs> <laughs> Go, going down the hill, you just raised your hand right. and went faster. Right. Uh, it, it, and so, uh, when you were doing that life, just so I can get a yeah. context of it, when you were doing that life, did you think you were doing wrong? Oh, absolutely not. You, you I didn't thought, think I was doing wrong at all. Did you think you were still going to get to heaven like everybody else? Oh, absolutely. That whole Jesus in heaven thing would take care of itself once I'm retired. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was later. Okay. Like that, 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 I didn't have to worry about that now. What? I, I didn't have time for any of that. So, so it was more like you weren't searching for God's plan. You were just making sure God knew about yours. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because right. that was the most important thing, right? Well, I, I kind of got you <laughs> off the rails here a little bit. I really would like if you if you would if you would yeah. read that scripture again. I apologize. No, I'd happy I'd to. Really like the, because because I don't want to be I don't want to be anxious about it anymore. I don't want to be scared about it anymore. I wanted to. I, you've been telling me that Jesus led you to this, so He must have had an idea for that. So, I, would you read that for us again? Yes. Again, this is Matthew chapter seven, verse thirteen and verse. 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction, and those who enter through it are many. How narrow the gate and constricted the road that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Well, it just hurts my heart. Uh, I'm rejoicing that, that clearly the Lord led you to that scripture, and, and, and I think you've I think you've found the path. 
And I think we're going we're gonna to talk more about that. But you know, as you're saying that, it hurts my heart a lot hmm. because uh, I know people, uh, I know myself at one time in my life, I was, I was uh, you know, you and I are cut some from the same cloth. <laughs> and so I know what it's like to be like that and to be oblivious of the joy that you've talked about that you have with your family, being oblivious as to whether I was on the right path or not. Mostly I was asking God to, to, to ride along in my car. Uh, so I think that's, that's extraordinary that the Lord led you to that, stopped you in your tracks. I'm, I'm eager to know what the next thing was. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I knew, I knew, I knew I had to, I had to try and, and, and I knew I had to begin to change some of my ways. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to make this seem like it was uh, easy or it came just automatic or it was natural. Um, it took some work. Well, you still live in the world. You still work. You still provide for your family. You still have so that's what things really, out there. That's what really um, is interesting about all of this is, okay, so Monday morning, you know, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive to my job. I've got a calendar stacked full of meetings. None of that changed. None of that changed but it's like how how do i change within that environment it was it was me it it was me that had to begin to i I say the word surrender a lot and for me that's just it's really about saying lord my heart is yours my heart is empty fill my heart with your grace and let your grace guide me in all of the things that i do so when you said, uh, uh, you know, how do I do this, Lord? <laughs> he led you to Scripture. This Scripture is still ringing in your ears on Monday morning. Oh, my goodness. It's, yes. But even in that, I get the impression just from your demeanor that you didn't feel like you, were, you weren't up to the challenge because it wasn't really all about you. It wasn't about me. You know, it, it, it wasn't about me. But I also know in this glimpse... This glimpse between um, my my conversion, the Marian experience is one thing, then into the conversion, then this new journey and walk I have with my wife and with my children, uh, this exponential love, this this joy that's uh, indescribable. Um, so your 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 uh, uh, transgression didn't mean that God punished you by not giving you that joy. That was something that came back pretty quickly after you read the scripture? It came back um, pretty quickly. But it, it, it wasn't, um, I had to, you know, I had to sort of regain the confidence from, from my wife. Uh, I had also broken a bond with my kids, um, which weighed on me quite a bit. Uh, but we, you know, we turned to the Lord. I knew, I knew that Jesus wasn't calling me to live my life uh, full of trans- transgressions or live a life full of selfishness. Um, you know, the, the Lord called me to live for his purpose. You know, he feels like he called me just to, to love 
in every situation. And he really called me to serve. You know, and I think that's the, the thing. I had been living for me. I knew I needed to live for him and I needed to live for his kingdom. And, and when I say surrender, it's about, Lord, my heart is yours. Lord, take my heart. Lead me, Lord. Not, not uh, hey, I've got a meeting at 8, I've got another at 10, I've got a lunch at 12, I've got to get this done by 5, and then I've got to stay for two or three hours afterwards, and then I've got to rush home, and then I've got to answer a few emails. I might even have to make a call or two at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night to some of my colleagues that I couldn't connect with in the day because we're all too busy. You've got to get all this stuff done, and hey, maybe I'll be there to tell my kids goodnight. So that wasn't this... Jeff Bush, and certainly wasn't the Jeff Bush you wanted to be. Correct. Right. So, but you've got all that stuff. You, still, you know, I I know what you do, summer, and I and I know it's extremely pressure sensitive and time sensitive. How did how did the Lord help you with that? Because it, because I almost wanted to say how did you deal with that, but it wasn't really all on your shoulders. How did how did you do that? Well, I just began to. What, I, 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 I bring a very simple prayer, quite frankly, into my day, almost before and after every meeting and in many moments, and it's just, it's just come Holy Spirit. I, I don't necessarily have a lot of time to, to stop and um, shut my door and, and pull the blinds and make sure no one knows I'm praying in the office or anything like that. Um, but I just, I just pray that the Holy Spirit can fill my heart, and can help lead me throughout my day. So the things that are difficult in my job or in life or as you're driving down the road, you know, it's come Holy Spirit, help me respond in this moment in a manner that's Christ-like. We still have to make difficult business decisions. And there are still, you know, lawyers and accountants and all those good things that... Um, really make things hard. Tough deals, whatever the case might be. Um, but it's come Holy Spirit. I'm going to surrender in this moment and just trust that you're going to lead and guide me in a way that's Christ-like. So, how did that show? I mean, I understand your prayer. And, and I'm sure some people watching this might say, Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> you know, that's pretty special for that Jeff Bush guy, and I'm so glad he could pray like that. I want to know, I really need to know, in that prayer, come Holy Spirit, give me the strength, make the, my path smooth, help me with this next meeting or this next challenge. Did it work? Absolutely. How did it work? It's calming. It's liberating. Um... It slows you down. All of these things, it, it, helps, it helps open your eyes. It helps open your heart. In the most, I assure you, in the most difficult of situations where my blood pressure would have gone up, where my stress was increased, where I knew I had to win, those things begin, they begin to diminish. Well, they, did, they mean did you, something. Did you lose more? Absolutely not. Did you gain more? It depends what you want to measure gain-wise. I think I gained a lot more by not worrying about having to do everything, by having to win. So but you've could... talked about how important your, your relationship with your wife is mm -hmm. and your daughter. 
how has how did that change after uh, you know Matthew seven thirteen? How did that change after this this uh, this this asking for the Holy Spirit yeah. to do it instead of Jeff doing it all the time? Yeah. Tell me about that because that's that's the part that endures. You know that you may have a different job sometime and you know you may yeah. get, win the lottery and not even have to work. But how did that change? <laughs> well, I I think you know all along the way. Um, my wife's faith grew. Our children's faith grew. Um, I was able to, in, in that moment, go back to them and, and be very vulnerable with them. After you read this? After gospel? I read this. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's just about, guys, I, I, I made a mistake. Um, yeah, this is unexpectedly emotional right now in this particular moment, but it was like, I can't do all this. I can't do all this on my own. Um, I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Lord. You know, I'm going to work really hard because I love you guys and I want to provide. And, um, you know, it was really a rally cry in a way. Um, I was vulnerable with my wife and with my children by telling them that, you know, I, I'm not Superman. You know, I'm not indestructible. I still lead them to believe that I have all the answers, but, you know, <laughs> they know I don't have all the answers. But when they began to see me really surrender my heart and my life over to the Lord and let Him guide me and let the Holy Spirit guide where, where, where our life was headed, they jumped on that bus like never before. You know. So, so your, your wife was um, wounded. Uh, yes, very much that, so. But, but you, when you came into that sacred, vulnerable space, I put the sacred word in it, but it was vulnerable. Yeah. Where your heart was one, where you showed your wife your heart and your daughters, then were they able to open their heart to you differently? They, they, they opened their heart more than ever before. One, because I think I was, I was very true and honest with them in a way that I had never been... Um, I've never had my heart open that much to them. Um, but really, we, we, the, the, the key to it was I, I kind of needed to show them. And I kind of needed to do everything I could to try to make sure that some of those situations um, that, that really caused me to be the old Jeff, I needed to remove those from my life for a while. Um, and a lot of things that perhaps, you know, golf as an example, instead of me going out, and I love golf, uh, my game's going down and down and down more and more as the years go on. But, uh, you know, my, my, my oldest daughter has taken up the game. And now instead of me going and spending six, seven hours away, um, with my, you know, with my friends and then hanging out in the, the grill afterwards for time. I, I don't do that on a Saturday morning anymore. I, I block off the time with her, and we go do it together. Um, we spend more time together doing the things that we love instead of trying to do the things that we love away from one another. Well, I, I couldn't help but think as you were talking about this is that the old Jeff who spent 10 or 15 hours, I know how long yeah. it takes to play golf, <laughs> dinner, dinner. Well, it might take you less time if you have less strokes. But uh, 
I know, you know, it's a five-hour round. You're right. playing, you know, 36 holes, and the next day you play, right. you know, 18 or whatever. That's 15 hours, 20 hours away from your family. Do you think if you'd have continued doing that, that your daughter would have thought golf was a good idea and taken up golf herself in the way she has? No. No, so, I so, can... so you you said I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to I'm going to do this without making her forcing her. She then started playing golf, which has expanded your heart even more. Yeah, that may not have ever happened. I'm not a soothsayer. I can't say that. But 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 may not have ever happened, and that door opened. You know, and then what, so when you're talking about these little choices that you made. And especially that vulnerability, and, and, and I really want to stay there for a minute, that vulnerability you showed your family, that was the narrow gate. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you had not shown your vulnerability, you may have gotten to the same spot, but certainly not in the same way. No, no, not in the same way. And, you know, I think what's so, what's so precious is, you know, we don't know when the Lord is going to call us home. And, you know, my daughter's a sophomore in high school. Uh, it's a very impressionable time. To be able to just be there uh, as her dad and to listen, not tell her, is it's a very small moment in life. And I think being there to listen to her and to talk with her, um, I knew I didn't want to miss that moment, just like I knew I'd, I didn't want to miss the moment right now to stop and, and listen to the Lord. Um, Again, these moments are so very precious that reflecting back on it, I, I don't know, there's nothing, there's nothing on this earth that can give us more time. Um, there's nothing that allows us to go, to go back and do things over. I think Krista and I look at these, these moments, these, this, this perhaps moment, this transgression, uh, we reflect back on it and actually now can say, thank you, Lord. Praise be to God for, for, for all of the things that you bless us with in our life. Let us surrender to you, Lord. Let, let us go to the confessional, be liberated of these moments, and start fresh knowing that he's guiding us. He's, he's guiding us. We can do this together as long as he is centered in our lives individually, our life as a married couple, our life as parents, our life as a family. Um, and when we allow him um, to be in control, then these little things, these little problems that, that you'll all, that are present in everyone's life, well, they, they go away. They, I, they go away differently. I, I love what you said. It reminds me of, of something that we we sing. The deacons often sing, and you, you might never hear me do it because of my voice. But deacons <laughs> often sing, often sing a, a passage in the Exalting, which is sung on, on yeah, the Easter Vigil. 
that goes kind of like what Saint, um, it's coming to me, I, I forgot the name of the saint, the saint, I thought it was uh, uh, Ambrose, uh, mm -hmm. who said, who said, oh, the happy sin of Adam yeah. that caused Jesus to be my redeemer. It's kind of like that. And, and you know, I'm not saying that there was a happy, happy sin or anything great about it, but God takes whatever we have as long as our heart's with him and makes it better. And he really has done that, you know, exponentially, squared with you. And then I'm guessing, you just tell me if, if I'm wrong, that, uh, that you picked up the scripture again after that day. I'm guessing that there might be a, a, some other scripture that touched your heart after that because I doubt if Jesus left you alone. Oh my goodness, and scripture is a part of my daily life now. Um, it wasn't at all before, you know, but when he, when he allowed me to begin to hear him through scripture, uh, this, is a, this is something that I turn to every single day every single day to hear what the Lord has to say to me uh, through the Bible, um, really through the Gospels. Um, I've read, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And um, I have been introduced, um, you know, to, 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 to the, the daily resolution that Scripture can provide me that I can use as a guide. How has that changed your faith practices like in a community. I'm, th I'm thinking about the Mass itself. You mm -hmm. know, when, when we come to that Mass uh, and we hear Scripture, uh, it doesn't sound foreign to you, of course, but how has it changed the way that you experience Mass? Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, just in general, Mass is, I, I say, alive. It's alive in so many different ways, um, certainly in, in my life, certainly by the Eucharist. Um, but when we, when we come to Mass um, and we receive, you know, our Lord through the Eucharist, uh, He really does, he, he, he fills us up with so much energy, with so much love, with so much passion um, for Christ that it, it really um, propels us kind of in, in a different way. But in between, you know, if, if, if you don't go to daily Mass, or maybe you go to Mass a couple of times during the week, or if you go to Mass from Sunday to Sunday, you know, I, I fill up time in between with prayer and with Scripture. I, I hear the, I, I, I see and hear the Lord um, differently and more clearly in Mass than I ever had before, certainly before I became a Catholic, but the Scripture um, guides me in between as well. So, Looking back on, on this, do you miss the old Jeff? Oh, my goodness, no. No, that guy's dead and gone. <laughs> I, I say that um, pretty confidently, too. I, I'm a different person than, and, than before. And, and the new Jeff has uh, got scripture in his life, spends time in prayer, offers his heart up through, with the Holy Spirit throughout the day whenever he can, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what is it? Thessalonians pray, pray always, and it's difficult, right? Oh, very difficult. Uh, but uh, uh, it sounds like you're just a happier guy, a different life. Joyful. Joyful, joyful. Yeah. Well, let's spend a, a couple minutes here in, in prayer as we finish up, because uh, uh, you came here today uh, because there was an opportunity, and and. Now I get the distinct impression that, that this is something you can't contain. 
I get a distinct impression that you're not you're 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 not in your kingdom. You're in His kingdom. That you're an emissary into the world, and I think many of us, many of us, can do just that if we don't put it all on ourselves. Huh? How about that? Amen. Would you? Uh, I started in prayer. Would you be willing to finish us in prayer? I'd be happy to. Oh, I'd love it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most gracious and most glorious Lord, we love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's presence with, with Deacon and I and with all of us, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit lead and guide us through our days. Father, we just pray for, for all of us that we can empty our hearts. Lord, may you fill our hearts with your grace and may you allow your grace to guide us in all it is that we do. Lord, we just pray that your radiant light can shine through all of us and onto others. Lord, we pray for all of this through your Son, Jesus Christ, through the Blessed Virgin Mary, and through St. Joseph. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Deacon. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. God bless you.